2: southern Pride sports on your home for university of alabama athletics Tide 100.9 fm travis reyer senior analyst for BamaOnline.com, part of the 24 7 sports.com network you're trusty trusty i show up for the most part you know can't say that about the program if not talented host of the program a uh, lot to get into and as we do so we remind you that the show is brought to you by peterbrook chocolatier out there at fifteen thirty, McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of town. Uh, it's a Friday. It's a football Friday. You need to get by there, get your weekend snacks. You know, I know the chocolate lady has already been making deliveries down to uh, Bryant Denny Stadium. The official chocolate of the boxes there at Bryant Denny Stadium, of course, Peterbrook Chocolates here. So they should be for you as well. And look, i am kind of got a favorite right now. I told you about that carousel at Peterbrook, right there in the middle of the store. You grab a bag. You just kind of go around and just hammer those levers, you know. I've got a combination that I'm really into, been into for a long time. Dark chocolate almonds, I go about 70%. And then I go about 30% uh, the dark chocolate cranberries. You know what I mean? So I get that hearty, nutty almond uh Part of it. And then with the cranberries, I'm getting some uh, little bit of sweetness, a little bit of tartness, you know, to go with that as well. Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Joined on the program by producer James Ludeman, who together we combine to form the 60 Minute of Sports Talk Radio. We are on Alabama, Georgia Watch. James Ludeman. Uh, We are on championship series watch in Major League Baseball. Speaking of which, are you suffering from the lemon booty at this point after your Rays have now dropped two straight to the Astros there in the ALCS? Now a 3-2 series after the Astros walk you off yesterday. Where are you at? I I I
1: purposely uh, – I'm going to blame you, Travis, (laughs) because you sat there and you're like – you're you're like oh well when they lose they're the devil rays and all this stuff you brought that bad <laughs> voodoo on us buddy
2: <laughs> blame it on me you know everybody else does look I raised two daughters okay so I'm used to having all the blame you know it's always oh my it's
1: fault. It, honestly we it was tough we've tied the game in the ninth and then mm-hmm. uh I I got no answers but Speechless. all I know is, is is all I know is. I, and I've said this the last two games. Tonight has to be the night. I mean, we got to close it tonight. I don't trust Game 7 at all. We've got to uh, close it tonight. Uh-huh.
2: Now, you were in Greensboro last night, weren't you? I was. Yeah, high school football action down there. Looked like you saw a good one.
1: It was a great matchup. It was uh, the Battle of Hale County. So, it was uh, Greensboro High School hosting Hale County High School. And, um, boy, it was back and forth defensively a lot of turnovers I think both teams had three turnovers um, but Greensboro pulled it out you know for a team that went two and eight last season uh, to come in and now they're sitting at three and two in the region and they're actually clinched a playoff berth last night uh, big props to Greensboro High School and head coach uh, Jamal King man that was that was a great game great atmosphere great crowd and uh, boy it was definitely the best high school game I've been to this year
2: you go into a game tonight I mean, we got a local action tonight, don't we?
1: We do. we got a lot of local stuff. I, I'm actually going to be in studio tonight. Um, That's, we, right. We got, That's right. Uh, we, got, uh, we got title talk, right? Well, we got title talk. We also have Friday night's uh, Friday Night Lights with Cary Clark and Jacob Harrison from 6 to 9, and then title talk from 9 to 10, which I have a, a little birdie that told me there may be a host. Named Travis Ryer, that might be joining us for that show. Yes. And then, uh, right at nine. And then, Cat Murray does the uh, Friday night's uh, last call from 10 to 11. So, I'm going to be here all night long.
2: There you go. James Ludeman just holding it down, man, right there at the Tide 109 studios. And we'd love to hear from you on a football Friday if you'd like to jump on board at 205 342 9904, the Atlanta Braves. One win away in the World Series. You know, you're going to have one thing in common in that stadium or in this town on Saturday. You know that, right? With the Georgia fans coming over, the whatever faction comes. Uh, you're going to have a bond built upon the Atlanta Braves between the two fan bases. That much they will be able to agree upon tomorrow night and in this fair city over the next couple of days. You know, if I was a Georgia fan coming over from Atlanta – you go to the game tomorrow night, and if the Braves win tonight, you just keep right on going out to Arlington, don't you, for the World Series? Well, I mean, why not? You know, if you're going to go big, go big. But what a performance last night from Bryce Wilson, uh, stepping up there in game four on the heels of the slacking one night earlier. All the momentum looking to be in the corner of the Dodgers. Bryce Wilson goes out there and, uh, uh hurls a gym. Six innings, what? One hit, one run, the solo home run for the Dodgers.
1: Give Freddie Freeman the MVP, Travis.
2: Oh, I mean, for the Nat oh, yeah. I mean, for the season, absolutely. Marcel Azuna last night was phenomenal with a couple home runs, four RBIs. Um, you got game five tonight. That's gonna be an 808 first pitch on FS1. Still trying to figure out exactly who the Braves are gonna go with on the mound. You know, the rotation would tell you, you might turn it right back around to Max Reed, but you don't have sort of off days, right? You're kind of going one game after another. And so, and you're also up 3-1 in the series. So, if you're Snitker at this point, you have that luxury a little bit of saying, you know what? We may may hold... Max Reed, Andy, and Anderson for potential game sixes and game sevens. And if you win tonight, if you clinch the series tonight in game five, man, you're set up beautifully for the start of the 2020 World Series. I'm not trying to look that far ahead. I'm just telling you how it could all lay out. Boy, Dave Roberts for the Dodgers last night, speaking of managers, did he, uh, did he stretch Clayton Kershaw a time too long through that Braves lineup last night? Seemed like it there in the sixth didn't it? You know, Dave Roberts catching some grief from the Dodger fans today. Hey, let's head to the Peterbrook Brook Chocolatier Studio Line right now and check in with our good pal Steve right here in Tuscaloosa. Steve, how you doing this morning? My man,
3: Travis. How are you doing, bud?
2: I'm hanging in there. Good to hear from you. Yeah,
3: it's been a while. It absolutely has. It has been been, uh, much too long. Yes, sir. I want to know more about these chocolate covered cranberries <laughs> that's <laughs> the only reason i call <laughs> well that's the only reason why i
2: do this show you know is to pretty much tell you about peter brooks i so
3: gotta that's, tell that's, you what we're, that, we're glad that, to hear that that got my mouth watering like you cannot believe well Ooh, you that just, is all, good. You,
2: all you got to do is go over there and grab one of those bags steve and go up there and just just pull down. There's nothing better than that—that that feeling of pulling that lever down, you know, and feeling that chocolate hit the bag. You know, it's yeah. a, I love it absolutely. Oh, that sounds. You got to get ready. You got a big football weekend. You fired yeah, up. Yeah, I the know. But
3: listen, that's uh, what are you hearing? Are we playing? Are we not playing?
2: As of eleven oh nine Central, my understanding is that Georgia and Alabama is on for Bryant Denny Stadium tomorrow night at seven p.m. Now, there's sort of been this. I don't know with Nick Saban's status. You know, we, we continue to hear that he's asymptomatic, but we haven't heard from an official perspective exactly what his test results have been in the wake of Wednesday's uh, initial news that he had tested positive. There's obviously SEC protocol in place that if he produces three consecutive negative tests, he could coach, he could be on the sidelines Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah. What we know right now is all systems appear to be go for the football teams to be there. Now, again, Nick Saban's presence, obviously, a huge storyline and all that and and one that doesn't seem exactly clear or totally clear at this point.
3: Well, here's here's my thing. Um as much as as much as I love I love watching Saban on a sideline. Uh well first of all let me ask you this, is there an associate head coach. Would it be anybody taking his place on the field, or would it still be just uh, you know micromanaged to offensive coordinator, defensive quarter coordinator, and all the yeah. little minions?
2: Well, the decision's been made that Steve Sarkeesian is the the acting head coach. Okay, that, okay. That's been in place I never since knew Wednesday. that. Yeah, he is the acting head coach, and pending. Saban's status for Saturday night, uh, for tomorrow night, you know, it could be that it's Steve Sarkeesian that's the the man in charge. Now, again, it's uncertain. I would say at this point exactly, you know, how all that's going to play out. I, I think there are still uh, scenarios ranging from Saban actually coaching to Sark being the guy. And you know, yeah. if Saban isn't available, you know, he he can't contribute through technology from home during the game there are protocols in place rules in place that prohibit the head coach if he is in fact in quarantine from using technology from outside the stadium to uh, contribute to the coaching uh, inside the stadium so if he's he's unavailable he's unavailable tomorrow night if he's available he'll be on the sideline
3: i've heard that that, that there have been other coaches this take mike norvell wasn't he involved his coaching he, at Florida State not, when, no,
2: when he, he went he down. Out. Uh, I think it's a 90 minute uh, time frame before kickoff that a coach can interact with his coaches and his team oh, directly. Okay. And then after that, the 90 minute lead up to the game and the game itself, yeah. No interaction is allowed. So, okay. you know, that's okay. that's what Norvell uh, you know, kind of encountered with his situation. Uh, at Florida State with that Miami game a couple weeks ago. Well, one last question: What do you think it would take to cancel the game or postpone the game? Well, I mean, you would have to have an outbreak of of tests that go beyond. Um, it has to evening. be player related. Yeah, and from what what we understand to this point, uh, that hasn't been an issue for Alabama, okay. which okay. kind of leads you to wonder once again. You know, could this be a situation potentially where, you know, Nick Saban has gotten some positive, negative news, I guess you could say, yeah. in his testing results since? Because yeah. it doesn't appear as of, and look, we understand, just because it doesn't happen in the immediate aftermath or wake of a positive test, that it couldn't happen in the three or four days that after that. Um sure. Yeah, you know, you're still, I'm sure, over there in, in hold-your-breath mode every time you're testing everybody over there right now.
3: Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Well, Travis, it's great talking to you, brother. I appreciate you. appreciate your insight. And, uh, you know, tell the chocolate stock up because uh, Stevie is coming.
2: All right. We appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> Have a great weekend, my man. Take care, bud. There you go, Stephen Tuscaloosa. Yeah, the situation, as best as I know to describe it right now, and we'll talk with Charlie Potter about it some more coming up in our next segment, is fluid. You know, but it's that way for everybody. Look at the Indianapolis Colts this morning. Did you see that? I, it's like every morning when you wake up or I wake up and I check the old timeline. It's like I expect to be hit with positive test results in some corner or fashion of the sports world. And this morning it was the Colts with like, what, four positives? And then it turns out that they were false positives. So you're almost becoming desensitized to some of this because in the NFL, at least, we have seen more than one instance now. Of false positives. Not saying that's necessarily the case with Nick Saban. I can tell you personally, and I posted this on the roundtable on Wednesday evening, right after the news of Saban and Greg Burns' positive test. I can tell you I know of people that are coworkers uh, in work environments that there was uh, another coworker that tested positive for COVID-19. So in response to that, a couple of other coworkers went and tested and they too, at the same place, tested positive. No symptoms, not people in their teens or even their twenties, more middle-aged, which you would expect more. And we heard from Nate Oates yesterday, he admitted that he had COVID-19 over the summer, said he had a dull headache. Other than that, he wouldn't have known that he had it, but I'm talking about a couple people who had nothing, not even the headache, zero, totally asymptomatic. And so, as a result of that, the next day they went and tested again. Well, that test came back negative. They tested again after that, another negative test. So, it is possible. Okay. 205 342 9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio line. We're going to get into some predictions, going to make some calls for this Alabama-Georgia game tomorrow night. We're going to get Pops's picks, by the way, coming up a little bit later in the show. Pops rebounded a little bit last week. After that 0-3 start to the season, he goes 2-1 and one a week ago on his pick. So we've got some more picks lined up for him as well. But as far as some predictions for Alabama and Georgia, I'll get into a couple of those right now, and then we'll head to the break. And check in with Charlie Potter, my cohort there at BamaOnline.com. Prediction number one, Alabama's going to have a 100-yard receiver in the game. I know, that's not much of a reach. Although we are talking about the top defense in all of college football in Georgia coming to town. Alabama enters tomorrow night's game riding right a stretch of eight 100-yard receivers in its last nine games. And even in the one game in that stretch where Alabama didn't have a 100-yard guy, Henry Ruggs and Jalen Waddell... Had 99 and 98 yards respectively against Auburn last November. So you're talking about a combined three yards short of having two 100 yard receivers even in that game. You know, Jalen Waddell right now makes a lot of sense as the pick here as a 100 yard guy, not only because he's riding a run of three straight 100 yard receiving games to start the season, he's had a 100 yard game against Georgia in the past. You know, and he was the fourth receiver for Alabama a couple of years ago in that 2018 SEC Championship game. Four catches for 113 yards, and he had the touchdown where he ran a little shallow cross and then turned that into a a long touchdown reception. Also had a big catch uh, on the sideline on that final drive, as I recall it, with Jalen Hurts in there, the game-winning drive there. I believe it was either the tying drive or the game winning drive. He showed you early on in his career that ability to elevate really went up and got a ball over on the sideline for a big grab. So, you know, and now you've got John Mechie averaging 27 yards per catch. I think between those three guys, you know, Alabama's going to be able to do it once again against the Georgia defense. Again, very good Georgia defense, but it has given up a 100 yard game already to Arkansas wide receiver Traylon Burks. You saw Josh Palmer of Tennessee last week. Catches of 36 and 27. So there are explosive plays to be had against the Georgia defense, despite the fact that it's averaging just 5.2 yards allowed per pass attempt so far this season. Another prediction before we head to the break. Stetson Bennett, here's some breaking news for you based on what you've seen from this Alabama defense the last couple weeks. Georgia quarterback Stetson Bennett is going to attack the middle of the field early and often. And here's the thing, too. With this guy at 5'11, 190 pounds. I know you look at him, you don't think he's much, but he's athletic enough that he could do it as well with his legs against Alabama's linebackers and maybe even some safeties, given the subpar tackling we've seen at times from that level of Alabama's defense. You can consider Jordan Battle out for the first couple of quarters. Um, you know, I think with Patrick Sertan and Josh Job on the outside, Alabama' is a built in a way in which it can deal with George Pickens, or at least manage him pretty well, but it's the interior of that back seven that is going to have to step its play up, or you're not going to force you're not going to be able to force Bennett to go outside the numbers and go down the field, which Georgia to this point, has really been reluctant to do uh, with the former walk- on in there at the quarterback position one more before we head to the break punting is finally going to be important in a game involving the Alabama Crimson Tide Alabama freshman walk-on punter uh, Sam Johnson just six boots in three games he's averaging 37.2 yards per punt that total ranks last in the SEC meanwhile Georgia comes in with Jake Camarda a legitimate, strong candidate for the Ray Guy Award in 2020. He's averaging 51.4 yards per punt. So do the math on 51.4 and 37.2. That's about a first down and a half difference in punting average if you look at it in those terms. Last week against Tennessee, Camarda, two punts, 49 and 64 yards. And by the way, neither of those were returned by the ball. So if you're thinking about the potential of opportunity for Jalen Waddle in the punt return game this week, that's an interesting stat. Look, it's a double-edged sword if you're Georgia. And if you're Scott Cochran, the first year special teams coach for the Dogs via the Alabama Crimson Tide, You gonna punt it? You gonna turn Camarda loose here tomorrow night? And let him air it out with Jalen Waddell back there? Yeah. That'll certainly be something to keep an eye on tomorrow night over there at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Good to head to a break. When we come back, Charlie Potter from BamaOnline.com joins us on a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports presented by Peter Brook Chocolatier right here on Side 100.9 FM right after this. A cool,
0: breezy afternoon with a good supply of sunshine. The high today, 66. Clear and very cool tonight, the low at 42. And a beautiful weekend ahead. Sunny tomorrow and Sunday. The high tomorrow, 71. Sunday's high in the mid-70s at 75. I'm James Spann on the ADC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com. Or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide.
2: Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryder senior analyst for BamaOnline.com. And it's that time on Friday when we like to go to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line and check in with our pal Charlie Potter. Does an outstanding job covering the Alabama Crimson Tide for us there at BamaOnline.com. And a happy, a happy Charlie Potter this morning as our Braves are just one game away from the 2020 world series so between the braves charlie and being on nick's Sabin watch nick by the way as you heard right here on tide 100.9 fm still took part in his thursday night coaches show uh you've had a lot you've had even more to juggle of late i'm guessing charlie than usual
4: yeah last night was uh pretty eventful just uh you know listening (laughs) to the radio show and he didn't say too much. Nothing, you know, unexpected. Nothing's really surprising at this point. Um, you know, I think they're going to try everything they can to to get coach to, to be at the game. Of course, that requires three straight negative uh, tests, and you know, it seems like he might be on the pathway to doing that. We won't really know anything really until uh, tomorrow. But yeah, I mean, you know, whenever uh, Eli takes a break on that uh, radio show, you pop into the living room from the office. and and check on the game, and you know it's a it's a situation where um, you know after that uh, game three loss, everyone just really kind of wrote the Braves off and thought the the mm-hmm. Dodgers, their bats had woken up, and um, you know they were going to you know, sweep. They they were basically uh, calling it. Some of the uh, the guys that were you know on FS1 and things like that were, but you know, the the Braves turned it around, and uh, a lot of guys were reading crow. So that was that was fun to see. And I've tempered expectations just because. You know, being a Braves fan, you, you kinda always get disappointed, or at least you have over the last twenty years or so. But there's a reason to be excited for this team. There's a lot of young uh players that, that make it exciting to watch and um and when you don't get your hopes up, they they tend to do good things. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick in that lane and hopefully it pays off with the with the win tonight.
2: So as we sit here at eleven twenty five AM Central on Friday morning, the status for Nick Saban in tomorrow night's game versus the University of Georgia is still to be determined. That's the way you understand it right now, Charlie. I think so,
4: yeah. Um, yeah the, just the way that he talked last night, I mean, he he you know, threw things out there saying he would hate to miss the game, not he's going to hate missing the game um mm-hmm. you know he obviously disagreed with the rule that you know coaches can't coach remotely you know, because of quarantine you know, he can't be at home with the headset on or he can't be you know in the press box or well not the press box because I mean, we moved to the other side of the field but in a box somewhere isolated and, and have a headset on and be able to communicate so uh, it sounds like they're going to do everything they can and uh, i know you know, everybody has speculation and, and beliefs and everything out there, but you know, we'll know uh, tomorrow. I think I wouldn't be surprised to see Alabama kind of release another you know quick update like they did yesterday to continue to say he's asymptomatic and, uh, you know, he's feeling fine and they're going to continue to follow the protocols. But, you know, the window's not shut yet, and, uh, you know, that, that's not surprising. I mean, as soon as you found out that he was, uh attested tested positive, you knew that this was going to happen, where they were going to do everything they could to get into that game. Because, you know, at, at the end of the day, this is a top-five matchup. This is a game that has you know, college football playoff implications. It could be a precursor to the SEC championship game. It's important. And uh, you want to have the, the head coach out there on the sideline. I think Alabama's going to do uh, everything they can to try and make that happen probably
2: something we haven't talked about enough especially since this has been a conference only start and it will be a conference only run through the 2020 season is that otherwise the health and availability of this football team still continues to be at an optimum level Charlie
4: it is yeah and I mean I feel like we just haven't talked about uh, the team and the game really a lot since Wednesday night honestly and I mean that's to be expected when you have coach of Nick Saban's caliber that's dealing with what he is, uh, in the, in the time that we are in, a, in the middle of a pandemic, you know, that's going to dominate your storylines, but you know, Alabama is pretty healthy. Um, you know, the, obviously when you, when you mentioned availability, the, the biggest thing there is not having Jordan battle for the first half of the game because of the targeting penalty and the final minutes, the old Miss game. But other than that, it sounds like they're pretty healthy. Now, I think there are some guys that are banged up, um, you know, I would I would look at maybe the defensive line as an area to, that I'm gonna be watching the pregame warm I think LeBron Ray might be dealing with something. Um, you know, maybe a minor injury or something like that. But yeah, other than that, um they've had a, a pretty good luck with, with the injury bug so far and that's been you, know, you can't you haven't been able to say that the last few years. It feels like, you know, injuries or something that happened before the season and throughout it, but uh, you know, for the most part they've been you know, pretty clean up to this point
2: so much talk about the matchup between the Alabama offense and this Georgia defense. But I got to think for Alabama, your biggest concerns going into this one are still on the defensive side of the ball, especially after what we saw last Saturday night in Oxford, Mississippi, you compound that with the first half absence of Jordan battle, who was ejected in the fourth quarter of the game against Ole Miss due to a targeting penalty. Um, what kind of bounce back are you anticipating maybe from this defense, uh, Charlie, against the Georgia Bulldogs?
4: I think it's, you know, they're facing a completely different offense. And the biggest thing is just the tempo. I think they'll be able to catch their breath a little bit. And, and that helps some of those young guys. I mean, that was the biggest thing in the old Miss game is just guys getting lined up and, and missed assignments and missed tackles. I mean, I think, you know, the, the confusion, you know, pre-snap led to mistakes, post-snap. And, um, you know, they're going to be facing a team. I'm sure, you know, Georgia will try to run some hurry up, but they're not going to be, you know, out there on roller skates like uh, Ole Miss was. And so I think that'll help. Um, you know, the biggest thing, though, it just comes down to fundamentals of uh, execution, of, you know, not making mill errors and really just tackling. You know, that was one of the things that's been said ad nauseum after the game. has been mentioned really all season. But this week is just when it comes to Nick Saban and the players tackling, has been brought up a lot. And I, I think, you know, they're going to want to clean that up. We'll see how much they can in a week's time. And, you know, without a defensive coach on the field and Nick Saban, but, um, you know, he's been able to watch practice from his home. And I'm sure that, you know, if they, he saw anything from a tackling perspective from those Zoom calls that you know, he called into the manager and had it cleaned up. But I think the biggest thing is for Alabama is it'll be a lot easier to you know, get lined up. And And, you know, if you're an Alabama fan, hopefully that's enough.
2: Some keys on offense and going against this Georgia defense, in your opinion. Obviously, Najee Harris, you figure, has to factor, if not in terms of just rushing output, but all the different things he can bring to the table uh, to that Alabama offense. Um, you know, areas where uh, Georgia is, is very good in that front seven, a lot of depth uh expected to be a real war for inches and feet on the ground this week on both sides of the ball really but now uh, you look at mac jones too and and we know how well he's played and in, in his starts to this point in his alabama career but you know in some ways i guess you could say uh this will be the biggest stage in on which he's performed at this point
4: yeah i mean i think it starts up front like you said and uh, if the the big guys up front can keep Matt clean and they, you know, open up some lanes for Najee to do some work, I think Alabama's offense will be just fine. Um, yeah, I think the the passing game. There's just there's so many options out there that I think they're going to see a little bit of success. Uh, but you know, you're going to have to keep Matt clean from that pass rush because Georgia's really effective there, and they like to rotate a lot of guys in. So they're going to be, you know, fresh legs getting after the quarterback. And and like you said, yeah, Najee's ability to not only just you know pick up chunk yardage but uh to to help out and pass pro to you know slip out of the backfield for a, a quick dump off to, for you know to to move the chains or you know to pick up some some yards that way yeah, i think he's going to be very instrumental in this game so i think you know the play of the offensive line specifically your your tackles and then you know what Najee can do to, to help the offense will go a long way in this i think they're going to be able to score some points they're not going to score 63 and put up 700 yards like they did last week but this offense is, is balanced um, it's it's efficient it's effective and a lot of that is the way that Mac Jones has played and you know, I think for him he's had a great start to the season but he keeps pointing to he could do things to to help the offense play better anything that they've kind of dealt with from the mistake aspect and it's been few and far between he's really placed on his shoulders so i think mac will be ready he's confident you know the teammates are confident in him. that's been and you know, then though you know since he really took over this job but even more so now and so uh, i think the offense will, will have some success but i think a lot of that is predicated on how the offensive line plays against this defense
2: you know some areas of this alabama team that really haven't been stressed through three games and i kind of think of the kicking game right um I mean, we've seen Will Reichard make a couple of field goals. He's been perfect on field goals and extra points. Uh, Alabama's kickoff coverage unit hasn't really been challenged. They did recover a couple of onside kicks against Ole Miss last week. And I talked about Sam Johnson, the walk-on true freshman punter, and the edge that Georgia should have by a pretty wide margin tomorrow night. Is, uh, is that maybe the one phase of the three that we're going to learn more about this Alabama team than –
4: than any of them in this game, perhaps? It's possible, yeah, and I know that's one that will probably get a little bit more attention this week just because of the whole Scott Cochran storyline with him being the special teams coordinator there in Athens. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think punting is going to be big in this game. Um, I, you mentioned it. You know, Georgia's leading the league with over 50 yards of pun, and Alabama's down at the bottom with, I think, 37 or so. And, um, you know, field position is going to be critical. Uh, Georgia likes to hold on to the ball, so time of possession is too. But where you start is always important. And, um, you know, if the offense stalls or, you know, is is having a rough night, uh, which would be a rarity uh, from what we've seen so far this season, you know, the the punting game is going to be important. And and I think Will Riker has been really solid. Um, The biggest thing is, I mean, he's perfect on extra points. He's kicked more than anybody in the SEC with 21, and all of them that went through the uprights. And he hasn't had to kick many field goals, but he's made them all. And I think that um, you know we're seeing him, you know, healthy and and what he's capable of doing. And um, you know, if he's put in a situation, I think Alabama feels comfortable and confident in him. And he's a guy, you know, even in the short time that we've seen him. Know he was hampered by injuries last year. If he has a 35 yard field goal, he's been able to make it, and that's what you really want. So um, I-, I think for Alabama fans, they hope they're not in a situation where the- it comes down to the kicking game. But you know, the way that these games have turned out in the past is it- probably going to be a close one. And uh, yeah, special teams will be uh, intriguing to say the least.
2: Great feature at BamaOnline.com right now on the front page there at BOL Charlie Potter profiling. Devontae Smith and I think we all know Devontae not exactly out there in terms of things he says or you know his social media presence even um, what were you able to to glean about this outstanding senior wide receiver and in, in putting this piece together that maybe uh, you didn't know he I mean he doesn't even really like to talk about the second 26 all that much does he?
4: No, he doesn't. We didn't really talk about that at all. And uh I mean that's been the case since the game back in 2018. You know, he didn't really yeah, you know, he of course he, he talked about it, but uh yeah, he kind of just brushed it off then after he got the pass to us. So, um of course it it's fitting for this week, but it, it was a situation too where Uh, You almost write about that in spite, because he he doesn't, you know, he's already past that point. He wants to do more, and, you know, his goal is to be the the best wide receiver to ever come through Alabama, and, you know, one thing that he's done this year, um, of course, he was, you know, he decided to come back for his senior year because of the way that last year ended, but, you know, back in preseason camp, he started uh, a new habit of, of catching 100 passes after every practice, and... He hasn't missed a day since and that's just kind of an example of, of the work ethic that he has and that he's had for his entire life. I talked to his high school coach down in Ameet, Louisiana. And um, you know, it it, it stems from Devonte growing up next to a park and uh, there's a basketball court out there and he always challenged older and, and bigger kids. You can imagine me, Devante's 175 pounds soaking wet right now. You can only imagine how big he was when he was a little kid, and um, you know it's, it's just the kind of the demeanor and the mindset is what I really wanted to hit on because Alabama did put out a video last week. They've kind of done this every Friday with a, a sort of hype video, and they featured a single player, and it, it was Devontae, and, and he did mention that you know he wants to to be the best receiver to ever play at Alabama, and um, it. To get into that mindset, just to kind of see how he he's approached things his entire life and, and all the challenges that he's faced, uh, it was kind of the point of that. And I appreciate him sitting down. I know he doesn't love to do it. Uh, sometimes it's like pulling teeth to, to get answers out of him, but he was gracious with his time, and uh, you know I had a lot of fun putting that one together. Great, great
2: stuff from Charlie Potter right there at BamaOnline dot com. Continues to provide great coverage of the Alabama Crimson Tide on a daily basis as well, including some hoops that are cranking up here in the last couple of days. And uh, you can find all that coverage as well at BamaOnline.com. Hey, Charlie, as always, we appreciate the time and look forward to doing it again next week. Thanks, man. No
4: problem, man. Thanks for having me.
2: There goes Charlie Potter. Again, outstanding coverage of everything Alabama at BOL. If you haven't already, give Charlie a follow on the Twitter at Charlie underscore P-O-T. T-E-R. Back with more of Southern Fried Sports on a Friday
0: right after this. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
2: In honor of the visitors to our East coming over for tomorrow night's American Intercollegiate Varsity Tackle Football Contest, we're giving you Athens Bands here over the last two or three days. Cecil Hurt on Wednesday requested some pylon, so there you go. There's some pylon for you on a Friday morning, mixing in some pylon with some REM as we move throughout the
1: You're program. more generous than I am. I wouldn't play nothing from them people.
2: <laughs> Man, you gotta give it up for Athens, dude, when it comes to the music scene. I guess. The 40 watt iconic nightclub music venue there. Been there a few times. Been to the old forty watt more than a couple of times, as a matter of fact. So we're doing Athens. We'll wrap it up with a little uh with a little REM coming up as we uh, bring you in for Pops in just a few minutes. But uh, we still had a couple more predictions for this Alabama-Georgia game, by the way. We gave you three earlier. We gave you Alabama will have a 100-yard receiver in the game. We gave you Stetson Bennett, the Georgia quarterback, will attack the middle of the field early and often. We gave you the punting game will be important tomorrow night. And now we will give you the team with the running back that accumulates the most yards from scrimmage will win the game. And when I'm talking about yards, scrimmage yards, yards from scrimmage, talking about, as we sort of outlined with Charlie there in the previous segment, both as a rusher and as a receiver. And Najee Harris is coming off a performance at Ole Miss in which he had a career-high 248 scrimmage yards, school record tying five touchdowns. He averaged, by the way, 9.5 yards per touch against the Rebels last Saturday night, so essentially a first down every time he touched it. And over his last 13 games, Najee Harris 10 times has surpassed the 100-yard mark from scrimmage. So that's the obvious choice for Alabama. When you look at Georgia, it becomes a little bit muddled. Zamir White, Georgia's starting running back, he's not really that sort of scrimmage yards guy. He's more along the lines of, say, Larry Rountree of Missouri, Isaiah Spiller of Texas A&M, and you know, that could be a good thing for Alabama because Alabama had pretty good success defensively against those backs it was Tyler Beatty of Missouri it was Aniah Smith of Texas A&M it was Jerion Ealy those sort of dynamic complementary type backs that have been especially problematic for the Alabama defense so as I've talked about this week I think Kenny McIntosh for Georgia is a guy you might see more of from the dogs tomorrow night because he was one of those kind of guys last week against the uh, Tennessee Volunteers. He had 10 touches for 81 scrimmage yards. A nice split there, a nice balance of rushing yards and receiving yards for Kenny McIntosh. He might be that guy. Maybe a healthy James Cook who didn't play against Tennessee last week uh, does is that con- guy.
1: Does it concern you at all? Uh, I mean, from what we saw last week in Ole Miss, I know that it was more of the passing game, but. Are you concerned that that a running back could come in here, even even a a decent running back could yeah. come against Alabama and just have a field day again?
2: They could, they could, but I, you know, I think as we've talked about, and and we talked about, and we heard from Charlie too. I think unless Kirby offensively totally breaks tendency and goes with a lot more tempo at a higher pace, I, I think uh, I think that helps Alabama out this week. You know, even in the run game. So, finally, I think Alabama wins the game 26-23. I mean, why not 26-23 would be the score? Georgia, the last time it came to Tuscaloosa, won an overtime game here, 26-23. to Ten years later, Alabama beat Georgia in the national championship game in Atlanta in overtime, 26-23. to So, I mean, it's got to be 26-23 to if you're going to pick Alabama, I think. Boy, and if that happens, and if Nick Saban isn't available to coach... Boy, there's been some, some, some cruel treatment of the Bulldogs by Alabama in this five-game winning streak. But this would have to rank right up there at the top if, if Saban isn't there. We'll see, though. Let's head to our final break. We come back, pops, on a Friday on Southern Fried Sports right after this.
0: A cool, breezy afternoon with a good supply of sunshine. The high today, 66. Clear and very cool tonight. The low at 42. And a beautiful weekend ahead. Sunny tomorrow and Sunday. The high tomorrow, 71. Sunday's high in the mid 70s at 75. I'm James Spann on the ADC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. That's great. It starts with an earthquake. Birds and snakes an airplane. and aeroplane. Lenny and Bruce is not afraid. I have a hurricane. Listen to yourself. Turn world shows its own needs. Dummy serve your own needs. Beat it up and knock speed. Grunt no strength.
2: The final segment on a Football Friday on Southern Fried Sports, presented by Petersburg Chocolatier. Travis Ryder, senior analyst for BamaOnline.com, with you, and it's that time on Fridays when we check in with our good pal, our guy, Pops. Pops, <laughs> did you get the double cut done on the yard I got there? It done, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just finished. I'm tickled to death. I got it behind is, me now. Is there a tinge of fall? In the air where you're oh, at right it. now, pops. Oh yeah, oh, and even uh-huh. and
5: tomorrow it's supposed to be in the high and the low seventies. I can't believe mm-hmm. it. I'm, it's, it's just exciting.
2: You know, we woke up to a little bit of rain here. Oh, really? uh, but there are now clearing skies to our northwest. It looks like this latest frontal boundary is pushing through, and yeah, we're gonna get the we're gonna get the fall weather too for the weekend. That'd be great. perfect, pops. Yeah, perfect, perfect for, for Alabama, game, Georgia Saturday night. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, the t- you know the ticket man thinks it's perfect too, pops, because he's asking for <laughs> an excess of three hundred bucks a ticket tomorrow night, pops. You It'll know, be... you kind of think you're the you kind of think you're the Buford pusser, the walking tall at dealing with the ticket man. But I don't know if even you'd have anything for the ticket man here tomorrow night, pops. Well,
5: it, it, you know, every year uh, the Florida Georgia game was always sold out. <laughs> and
2: they said, you can't, you know, there's not going to be any extra tickets. There. But we could always find a way,
3: you know? mm
2: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think the ways always involved an actual ticket, but oh, you no, gained entry. No. You gained entry into gained the venue, I guess. One way or another. <laughs> you were going in. <laughs> and we had a good time. And you Although, never were incarcerated? In your that, attempts well, to no, country?
5: but I had friends that were. Oh, but but. Okay. Uh, and what killed me was every year Dewey had Florida's number. I mean, Dewey yeah. would whip You'd Florida. go
2: through all that, and then Vince Dooley drop a hammer on you. You know. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. You risk You're... going to jail so Vince Dooley could beat the Gators one more time. You know.
5: It, it, one more time, I'd lose a case of natural light every year to my buddy because Georgia beat him. He'd, he'd bet me a case every year.
2: So that was the bet, a case yeah. of Daddy
5: Light? Case of yeah. Matter. It was this fellow that I played a uh, slow pitch
2: softball with. Uh-huh. And he
5: used to, he called me as soon as the game was over.
2: What did <laughs> Daddy Light? <liked. laughs> <laughs> that probably cost all a three ninety nine back then. Yeah, back of in
5: daddy the day, Light. you know.
2: <laughs> Not exactly an import of note. <laughs> no. um, now, look, you mentioned your softball in the slow pitch. Now, you played fast pitch, what was it, Monday, Wednesday night, and then you would play the slow pitch Tuesday, Thursday, right? Right. Something like that? Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, – I,
5: but I played – you know, I wasn't a big slow pitch guy, but when guys ask you to play and they're friends of yours, and uh-huh. you hate to tell them no, so you wind up playing with them too. It's, uh-huh. uh, it's rough on and the. And the common uh, denominator and all that
2: is cold beer, though. Yeah. Is what that was. Oh yeah. yeah.
5: That was the best part yeah. of the game. Out in the park. That was the common the game, denominator. You know?
2: oh, and yeah. then, and then, uh, it had weekends where you had to go play tournaments, right? I had to, I mean, you had you to drive around
5: the southeast, you know, and play ball. Yeah. And so we so had
2: city we had league Monday through Thursday, and then maybe to Atlanta Friday through Sunday. <laughs> how, how long have you been married to Nana again? <laughs> well. You know what, women
5: are funny. Uh, before you marry them, everything's great. You can play all the ball you want and do this and do that. <laughs> then when you marry them, day, you don't care nothing about me or you care but about moms, your buddies.
0: You're playing softball seven days a week.
5: Well, I, don't, I, know. I don't
2: know, I know. how you, you managed even to stay married <laughs> as long as you did.
5: Well, it wasn't easy. It wasn't uh, easy. It was uh, a bad. Mm hmm. He
2: made me
5: mm. pay for it one way or another. Oh uh,
2: yeah, yeah. You know, pops, you rebounded a little bit last week on your picks. You went two yeah, and I one. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Your I Gators didn't get too. you home. I was two, I, two and one, right? Yeah, you had Oklahoma over Texas, and you had uh, you had Kentucky over the Pirate And my, Mississippi and my State. Fell on your Gators state. didn't get home, and then Dan Mullen, uh, he. he he went nuts in his post game post press conference. <laughs> he went berserk, didn't he? Oh, I didn't. And I, the, I didn't know he, got he had COVID COVID that anymore.
5: He didn't. got the COVID he had karma. He got the COVID like a little for that. kid.
2: Yeah, you
5: know. Yeah, you've been, I, a big, I was, I was, you've been
2: a big Dan Mullen guy. Did that? Did that?
5: I know. Did that dissuade you? Discourage it, it you a little bit? It disappointed. How he handled it, that? It did disappoint me. It really did, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm still disappointed, even with mm-hmm. the game being canceled this week. It mm-hmm. it uh. Is I didn't I didn't I had no idea he had that in him, mm-hmm. whining and complaining, you know.
2: Yeah. Hey, pops, let's get you going for this week: Auburn okay. at South Carolina. Auburn at South Carolina. Oh, Saturday. You know,
5: I, any other time, I'd take Auburn. Auburn killed me last week when Georgia ran all over them. But I'm gonna mm-hmm. take uh South Carolina.
2: Taking the Gamecocks at home
5: you know yeah. and that yeah. kid, that kid that South Carolina's got a quarterback they brought brought with him from uh what Colorado State or whatever uh huh uh
1: huh not
5: he's bad not bad i liked helensky last year though. mhm and mm-hmm. and he's had to find himself on the bench
1: yeah
2: all right how about lane going to arkansas to take on uh the razorbacks this weekend Ole miss at arkansas who you like well who you got
5: i'm i'm gonna have to take old miss Okay, and you know I'm not a lane guy,
2: but I know you put
5: points on the board.
2: Yeah, And I don't yeah, know if Arkansas did. can do that. that I think Alabama sense. just missed another tackle in Oxford.
5: Yeah, so. and and Frank is is he 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 he's not even
2: an average. He threw four touchdown passes against Auburn last I, Saturday. I, pops. I, I'm just telling you, he's You've never he's been a big Frank's guy. Very inconsistent. Yeah. All right, so you're not I, expecting.
5: I mean, he uh, seems like a good kid and everything. He's just kind of mm-hmm. inconsistent.
2: How about the varsity game right here in Tuscaloosa tomorrow night, pops? Georgia <laughs> well, and well, Alabama. That, What's the that's pick? That's going to be interesting mm-hmm.
5: I guess he Nick, Nick text message or What do you do? Over Nick might be he or? might be
2: suspended from the CBS skycam <laughs> above the field. Nick, <laughs> we don't know for <laughs> sure yet. We're waiting.
5: That ought to be that ought to be. It- you talk about pressure, those coaches that are supposed to be coaching the game, oh, mm. my God, they may not have a job if it doesn't go well. <laughs>
2: For Alabama. Yeah, you know, I mean, if, if if Saban isn't there and Alabama beats Georgia, you talk about the painful losses you incurred from Vince Dooley. I mean, oh, yeah. where would this one rank for Georgia fans with the losses to Alabama oh, that they've had, Pops? I don't know. know. I mean, even though it's it's a regular season game, and regardless of what happens tomorrow night, the is still going to have a path to everything. Yeah. Um, just the, the the way that could potentially go down you know, I know. For Georgia. I know. I know. I Who's just your love pick? this schedule, though. I just love this SEC schedule. You love the All SEC schedule. I love it.
5: So, it, so it, Georgia, it really Georgia, or Alabama, football in fall, uh, even more yeah. exciting. <laughs> absolutely, follow, I follow every game. <laughs>
2: uh huh. So you going Georgia or Alabama tomorrow night? Well,
5: I'm 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 going go to go Alabama. Uh, Mac has just absolutely done an incredible job. Uh huh. I, but I, I was disappointed at one point in the game last week, where he was was trash talking. Uh, well, you know, I don't think he earned. Uh, that was again something I don't. I didn't know he had any, and I, I sure didn't like
2: it. Yeah, um, I thought he Well, was it's from that. It's now. from that. Those West Side kids like. Your well, you know that, that he was yeah, to yeah, I know. The I know that. That's where yeah. it comes from. I just, yeah. I, I just wish he would just tone that like, down you can play right. it but
5: i was but but i'd have to give him credit he, he's really done a great job
2: back-to-back 400 yard passing games pops hey pops have a good weekend all right all right man we'll talk there to y'all goes. later there goes Pops. Hey, we appreciate Pops. We appreciate Charlie Potter. We appreciate James Ludeman for producing the program. Lunch whistle today Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard, north in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa, was there for lunch yesterday. Check the board for the specials. They had the coffee rub brisket yesterday. They had your grandmother good, as good as your grandmother's country, fry, country style steak, I call it. Southern Ale House, 1530. McFarlane Boulevard North until 11 a.m. on Friday. Travis Schreier, hoping you have a great football weekend and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you.